Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. What a great time of worship. And as we continue in this attitude of worship, I'd love to encourage us in our giving. During seasons like this that we find ourselves in as a church and as a country, we have to hold on to God's promises like never before. Today I want to encourage us that we tithe and we give to a promise keeper. Malachi 3, 10 to 12 says this in the Living Bible Translation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be food enough in my temple. If you do, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. Your crops will be large, for I will guard them from insects and plagues. Your grapes won't shrivel away before they ripen, says the Lord Almighty. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land sparkling with happiness. These are the promises of the Lord Almighty. Church, we tithe and give to a promise keeper. So what are the promises we see in this scripture? Well, firstly, there will always be enough in his house. Through our faithful giving, we're able to continue paying our church staff, continue paying monthly bills, continue supporting missionaries around the world, and the kingdom of God can continue to move forward. Secondly, the scripture reminds us that we will be blessed beyond measure. We will come out of the season more blessed than we could ever have imagined in our health, in our relationships, and in our finances. Thirdly, God himself will defend us and protect us. We won't have to worry about being without because God himself will protect our families, he will protect our finances, and he will guard our businesses and possessions. And the last promise we see is that our nation will be blessed. South Africa, our country, will come out stronger because of our generosity. Others will look at us and say how blessed we are. What a wonderful promise for our nation. So like the scripture says, let's put God to the test. Let's continue to be faithful in our giving and let's see how God will keep these promises to us. There are so many ways that we can give electronically. The banking details for both our Edenvale and Boxburg campuses will come up on the screen, as well as our QR codes for SnapScan, which you can scan right now as I'm speaking. We also have the super easy way of giving online, which you can do on our website at thrivechurch.co.za. If you are watching on our online platform, you can click the giving tab on the right hand corner above me, which will take you directly to our website. Whichever way you give, Let's remember during this season that we give to a promise keeper and he will not let us down. Won't you take note of the ways you can give and give now as I pray. Thank you, God, that first and foremost, you are a promise keeper. We thank you that even in uncertain times, you are always the same and we can stand firm on your word. Help us even in this very moment to have faith in your promises and as a result, would we give generously today. Amen. Hi Church, we're so glad that you could join us today on our Good Friday service on Thrive Online. This day, as you know, is traditionally in church history, the day when we reflect on the work and sacrifice that Jesus subjected himself to on the cross on that fateful weekend over 2,000 years ago. It's a day when we actively choose to remember this, and one of the most significant ways of remembering this is around the communion table. 
There's no doubt that one of the fundamental ways that the coronavirus has impacted our society is on a deep social level. In our country, in particular, we've been restricted from gathering together around a table over a shared meal. Relationships are grown and forged over shared meals. They are nurtured when we sit across from each other around a table. And did you know that the same is true of our faith? Our friendship with Jesus, much like our relationships with friends and family, is grown and forged around a table. Pastor John Mark Comer made a profound statement when he said, food is a lot more than fuel. The table is not just a table. That rice is not just rice. There's so much more going on around that table. The writers of the New Testament have a word for it. They call it communion. Communion is what happens whenever we gather around a table together physically. But communion at a much deeper level is what happens when we take a moment to reflect the sacrifice and the love that Jesus displayed on the cross. Because at the heart of the communion table, what we find resting there at the centerpiece of the table is something we find at every meaningful table where relationships are grown, forged, and nurtured. What we find is an invitation, an invitation to know God more fully, an invitation to allow God to know us more fully, an invitation to a deeper level of intimacy with the creator of the universe, an invitation from our Savior and Lord to a restored and redeemed life, an invitation to a greater emotional and spiritual healing. What we find at the center of communion is an invitation to share a table over a meal with our loving God, not just once a year, not just every so often, but always. What a great invitation we received and get to accept during this time. Jesus said it so beautifully in Luke 22, verses 14 to 20. He said this, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, Take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. From these verses, we see two very specific invitations. Jesus offers us these specific invitations around the communion table. And it's these two invitations that we'll be looking at before sharing communion together today. I'll unpack the first invitation, and then Pastor Kand will unpack the second. The first invitation that Jesus offers around the communion table is an invitation towards wholeness. Jesus said to us in verse 19, concerning the bread, after he had broken it into pieces, 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Isaiah echoed the weight of the sacrifice more than 400 years before Jesus was ever in the picture. In fact, he said this in Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 5. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. So from both Jesus and Isaiah, we see that the bread that we share around this communion table today represents a body that has been broken. Not just anybody, but Jesus' body. Jesus' body, which was without any sin and blemish. And so every knock he took, every beating he received was for our wrongdoings. It was for our brokenness as humans. And that's the power behind his broken body, behind the bread at this table. It was never broken for himself. It was always broken so that we could receive wholeness. And so the first invitation we find at this communion table is that of our Savior reminding us that there's a restorative work behind everything he does. There's a mending process involved in all that he does in our lives. At this table, we're reminded that a broken relationship with a loved one or with God doesn't have to stay broken. A broken lifestyle doesn't have to stay broken. A broken dream doesn't have to stay broken. Because of Jesus' broken body, he invites us to receive the wholeness that he has in store for that situation. What's broken in your life that needs to be made whole? Can I encourage you today to consider the possibility that Jesus is inviting you to receive that wholeness because of his broken body? So the first invitation of the communion table is around wholeness. The second invitation that Jesus offers around the communion table is an invitation towards peace. Jesus said this about the cup in Luke 22:20. 20. This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. For Jesus, this cup represented the pouring out of his blood to usher in a new covenant. In other words, a new way of living, a way in which he calls an agreement. And an agreement, by and large, states the terms of peace. So through Jesus' blood, our Heavenly Father was inviting us to a peace agreement between us and himself. Colossians 1 verse 20 puts this invitation towards peace like this. Everything in heaven and on earth can come to God because of Christ's death on the cross. Christ's blood has made peace. Everything and everyone, including you and including me, receive an invitation to sit at God's table in peace. All because Jesus poured out his blood on the cross. All because Jesus made the invitation a reality. This means that there doesn't have to be a moment in our lives where anxiety and uncertainty or restlessness reign. Instead, we simply need to live our lives accepting this invitation towards peace 
every single day. It's an invitation that Jesus offers us as a gift. He tells us in John 14, 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It's not a peace that the world offers because this is a peace that he paid for with his blood. It's so valuable and it's so priceless. So the question for us is, what are the areas in our lives that need the peace of Christ ushered in? What are the areas we need to be reminded that we don't have to live in restlessness, regardless of what the turmoil may be? Can I encourage you to invite the peace of Christ into your situation by simply remembering today the agreement He sealed with His blood, an agreement where in this new way of living, peace is freely given and can freely be received. So as we share communion together on this Good Friday, on this day where we look back at the work that Jesus did on the cross, let's accept the invitation he offers us around the communion table. Let's take the bread together, which symbolizes Jesus' body that was broken for us so that we can receive wholeness. Wherever you're watching online at the moment, now's an opportunity for you to take the bread, however you have it in your home, and let's share communion together. The body of Christ broken for you. Now let's take the cup, which symbolizes Jesus' blood, that was poured out for us so that we can receive peace. Let's drink together. Father, we want to take a moment to thank you. Thank you for seeing us in the midst of our brokenness and restlessness. Thank you for inviting us to your table so that we can receive wholeness and peace. We accept your invitation today as we remember Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Teach us today to live in your wholeness and in your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.